0: The gods, the drugs From my generation I'll take the fall The state, And across the nation
1: Up, everybody, welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Sharer Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting me he- beside me here in the Hobson household is a very sick Dominic Hobson, but he's getting through it. Dominic, how are you doing today?
0: I mean, you pretty much just self-explained it. I'm so sick and tired, and sick and tired of you, sick and tired of you know drama. I'm just sick, Brandon.
1: Well, I'm I wanna a be the hardworking. F- I wanna be the first to. Uh, Wish you a happy Thanksgiving.
0: What? Huh? Why you wish me a happy Thanksgiving?
1: We're gonna talk about that in a little bit, because Dominic doesn't go on the internet. I don't. He, does, he doesn't know memes and. I don't. He doesn't know internet culture and stuff. I don't. But, anyways, we're gonna jump right into everyone's favorite segment. Give, give it to me, Dominic. I know you're a little uh, sick. But
0: okay, hang on. I got the this. The best singers bit. can hang get it
1: through even when they're sick. Hang, hang
0: on. Set me up one more time.
1: So we're going to get into a very special playoff edition of Dominic's Picks. Very nice. So Thank you. week 17, final week of the regular season, Dominic went 9-7. and seven, Just like those Philadelphia Eagles who won the NFC East, which we will talk about in a little bit, bringing his overall regular season record to 125-115.
0: You forgot the 1. And 1.
1: And 1. There you go. So I don't know exactly if I'm going to keep track. I'm going to keep track of it, but I don't think I'm going to add it to your overall record. So 10 games over 5, 10 games over 500 for the regular season, not, not too mean, shabby.
0: Shouldn't I just like get a clean slate? You know, playoffs is a clean slate. Exactly. So
1: we're just going to go back and forth. We're going to make our picks. We're going to compare and contrast to see who has the better record overall. Okay. But okay. Okay. We're going to jump in Wild Card Weekend. We got two games Saturday, two games Sunday. We're kicking off with the buffalo bills traveling to houston to take on those texans man i
0: don't Dunk, know who
1: do you got it should why. be
0: a really good game man you know but i think surprisingly i think the bills are going to pull this one off i think they've been playing really good football this year uh, very surprisingly um, you know it is going to be in houston so houston will have that that uh you know, home crowd on their side. But I think uh, I think the Bills will
1: pull a squeaky clean win. J.J. Watt will play for the Texans tomorrow. No Will Fuller. That will be an issue because of when Will Fuller is on the field. Houston Texan offense does very well when he's not on the field. It's a completely different offense for Deshaun Watson. I will go with the Houston Texans. I'm not very confident in Josh Allen as a quarterback. I think he's good. I just don't think he's at the level of when he get to the playoffs that he can, you know, carry a a football team. I think the only way that the Bills do win is if they just play really good defense, grind it to a halt, make the Texans only score like 13 points, and Josh Allen can score two touchdowns and win 14-13 or something like that. But I will go with Houston. It is at home. The returning J.J. Watt will give the crowd and the team a lot of energy, I do believe. And I think that will give the Texans front seven a boost, their safeties and corners are really good. Front seven, not as vaunted as they used to be. But I think it should be a good game. We always, we're always, we always getting that Saturday Houston game, it feels like, every single year.
0: And that's what it'll probably be for the rest of the NFL legacy season lifespan, whatever you want to call it. I'm sick,
1: leave me alone. And then, so that's your excuse for saying dumb shit this week? Is that you're sick? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And just just wanted to drink.
0: drinking sparkling wine,
1: cause I'm classy. We got a little bit of the bubbly. I get it at one time, one time for the one time. Then the nightcap on Saturday, we got the Tennessee Titans traveling to Foxborough to take on those New England Patriots. The Patriots didn't could have been a team that had a bye, but Dominic correctly predicted that the Miami Dolphins were going to beat New England in Foxborough. You, Dominic you okay over there? You're dying. Just, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm okay, man. I'm Do, okay, man. Dominic's not a fan of the uh, the sparkling wine? It's because someone picked the cheap one. Someone told me to pick the cheap one. There was three options that were thir- that were 20 bucks. It was that one, the other one and the Kirkland brand. Oh man,
0: she went the Kirkland, man. Kirkland. But, but
1: th- it had like a special tag on it that said like it was highly rated and like had a 93 or 94 or something out of 100. So like, "You know what? Fuck it, i am going to take it. Who cares?" I should have just went with the Kirkland brand, Dominic, next, Kirkland, next time, maybe next week. I mean, maybe. Maybe, maybe in on... two weeks, because Dominic is on a strict diet plan, and once everything runs out, because he's going to use it every single day, he has to go back for more. So whenever he goes back to Costco, maybe we'll get the Kirkland brand bubbly next we'll time. Try all the champagne. All the $20 champagne. Sparkling wine, sorry. Well, so the Kirkland brand is champagne. That was sparkling wine, I think. I don't even know what the other one was. But anyways. Okay. Titans, New England. New England coming off the loss to the Dolphins, where they actually were trying to win. It wasn't just everyone's resting, and the Dolphins just happened to beat them. I mean,
0: I got... I, I, the smartest choice would be New England. I think I'm going with the Titans still. I, I think it's going to be one of those games where everyone's so riding high on the Patriots, like, oh, pff, they got it in the bag, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think the Titans sneak a win in Foxborough. And go on to the Super Bowl.
1: I don't think the Titans will go to the Super Bowl, but I do think the Titans will win this game. I have kind of been a little shaky on the Patriots. You know, their defense was phenomenal the start of the season, and they started playing some real competition. They started slipping. Not saying that it's not a really elite defense. It still is, but I just don't think that they're going to... I think kind of similar to the Buffalo game, that if Tennessee scores 20-plus points, I don't think New England's offense can keep up with them. And Ryan Tannehill has just been the shot of the arm ever since he took over midway through the season. Derek Henry's been amazing. Uh, A.J. Brown, possible Rookie of the Year, he's been really great. So I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee. I'm not, I mean, I'm confident, so but it's New for England.
0: This is going to be the upset of 2020 so far.
1: I mean, I don't know if it's really an upset. A lot of people, I think, are riding on the Tennessee bandwagon. Not because they really like Tennessee. I think it's also people saying that New England is trash and Tom Brady's done. I mean,
0: Tom Brady's the fucking goat. I don't think.
1: He is showing signs of Peyton Manning in that Super Bowl year where he was just nothing. But yet, he had a really good defense and he was able to skate along. But uh, New England doesn't have... I don't think he has the weapons that... He doesn't have Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Brown, Sanders and stuff you know. like that. Anyways, let's go to the Titans. Anyways, they are going to both go with the Titans on that one. Then, the early game on Sunday, we get probably the most marquee matchup, I would say, of the big names. Minnesota Vikings taking on the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to go with New Orleans because they're my team, ride or die. Kirk Cousins, 0-15 against teams with 12 or more wins on the season. Dominic... Does Kirk Cousins finally get it done? It's not technically prime time, but it is a playoff game. I will not go against
0: your Saints because I've been going with the Saints all season long. I'm going to stay with your Saints. Drew Brees, second GOAT.
1: Well, he is the all-time leader in touchdowns and passing yards.
0: But how many victories does he have? He has one. Yeah, how many does Tom Brady have? Six. Six? Yeah. Brady, GOAT one. Brees, GOAT two.
1: All right. Do you think it's going to be close? How do you think Minnesota... Will the, is there even a chance that Minnesota will win this game? Dalvin Cook should be back?
0: I mean, I think it'll be a close... I think it'll be a really good, fun football game to watch. I don't i do not think... I'm not going to give the edge to one team or another, so to speak, with, uh, you know, like, oh, Cook's back, or, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to have a game of his career, or anything like that. Um, I just think it's going to be a really well-played game game, if that makes sense. I think I think it's going to be a good game to watch.
1: I think this probably will be the best game of the week. I'll say it's going to be a shootout. I say both teams will score over 28 points. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I think New Orleans just has too many weapons to keep up. I've been saying it kind of all year that I think the Vikings defense is overrated. They're not as good as they were these last few years. I think New Orleans will slice and dice them.
0: Uh, but, but, by the way, did the uh... Who, uh... Did uh, your Trap Door to Hell friends make predictions that you know of?
1: They have made predictions. I have not listened to the podcast yet. Shout out to Trap Door to Hell, our friends Tyler and Travis Gunderson. Did you look at the $200 autographed Undertaker Funko Pop that Travis tagged us in? He ta- and On what Twitter? On Instagram.
0: He tagged us?
1: Yes, he tagged me and he tagged you. When? Like two days ago.
0: Oh, I must have not noticed it then.
1: You just have so many emails and DMs and everything.
0: I'm just a busy bitch. All right. Okay. You know, someone got a phone call on New Year's Eve. I didn't. You know, it's no big deal. I'm not
1: mad about it. Shout out, Travis. I love you too, buddy. (laughs) Anyways, so moving on to the final game of the weekend, we have the Seattle Seagulls. We got a battle of the birds. Last, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, on the wild card round we have the seagulls taking on the philadelphia eagles in philadelphia philly got it done they were able to beat the giants the seagulls were not able to get the job done against the 49ers week 17 classic game i would love to see this once again in the playoffs will we get that game dominic will we see seattle and 49ers once again
0: i think they i think they uh they and you will get that that wish brandon i think uh Do you see this as possibly
1: a trap game? Because the Seahawks, you know, expended a lot of energy in that game, and then they got to come, you know, a week later to play, I'm going to say the Phillies once again, the Eagles. The Eagles, it's at home, it's football, you never know, the Eagles really are devastated with injuries, but...
0: I mean, it seems like every time we've said this might be a trap game, it's been a trap game. So you just jinx it. That means Eagles are going to win, baby. So I think I'm going to change my pick now and go with the Eagles.
1: I will go with the Seahawks. I think they're going to still get the job done. I think the Eagles, if they were healthy or at least somewhat healthy, I would maybe give the edge to the Eagles because the Seahawks had such a grueling game and they slipped up against the Arizona Cardinals. You could say maybe, you know, they're going to come off a little sluggish, especially early on, so maybe Philly could take advantage of that. But I will go with the Seahawks. So we got two games similar, two games difference. Who will win? we we'll have to stay tuned to find out. Maybe we just tie. But they can't tie, I thought. I thought you I can't said tie. we tie.
0: Oh, we tie. Sorry, I don't pay attention. You're too busy
1: talking to the mascot.
0: I'm too busy trying not to blow my nose on the microphone.
1: That's what the mute button is for. Shout out. Christmas came a little late for you boys. We got, not only we got new software, we also got new headsets, so maybe the audio quality might be a little bit better. It's technically the same headsets, but just the newest version.
0: You can hear my snot rockets. Yes. Even though I'm not doing them, I'm
1: a nice person. Super HD audio quality from your boys here. So then we're going to move on to from the playoff teams, to the teams that didn't make the playoffs and are looking for new head coaches. And we're going to start off, of course, with the Dallas Cowboys. Kind of fired Jason Garrett, not really because his contract comes to an end this year. They said that they're not going to continue with him. There was meetings, a top of meetings, that Jason Garrett continued to be the head coach, or he didn't get fired, and then it comes out yesterday that they're not going to re-sign him, and he's not going to let him go, or they're not going to, you know, re-sign him or whatever. So, we've been waiting for this, it finally happened, why did it take so long for Jerry Jones to fire Jason Garrett?
0: I mean, I'm sure it's because over the years he's made a connection with the man, and, you know. Probably had a lot of trust and faith in him And it's kind of hard to be like Hey, I don't have that trust and faith anymore Um You know, it's all And also it's really easier just to let a contract expire And just be like, hey Hey, contract's up, sorry bud
1: Um But then why didn't they do that on Monday When that first meeting happened Why do they have to do it on Thursday And after, apparently they've had two or three meetings already Maybe, uh Shout out to Live PD (laughs) a tradition when the three of us get together. We always got to put on live PD during the podcast.
0: Um, Back to Jason
1: Garrett. Apparently the old man who someone has an arrest warrant out for him, or someone in the house, (laughs) the old man was watching wrestling, which we will talk to in a little bit.
0: Um, Back to Jason Garrett, Um, I think, oh, my God, I think it just has to deal with um, the possibility of wanting to continue on an organization as prestigious as the Cowboys, um, but when you don't really produce, you know you can. It's not really. I mean, I don't blame him. I blame more of the players. But when you can't get your players, you know, to play well, it's your job, not theirs. So,
1: Dominic, who do you think the Cowboys should hire now? Do you think maybe this puts them behind the eight ball because they took so long? to get rid of Jason Garrett? I mean, Brandon,
0: there's so many coaches to go for. I mean, you have... I don't even know who to think of because I don't know anything. I know they're saying that it was... What's that uh, old black coach's name? Herm, right? Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, yeah. Who
1: is on Arizona State right now, so he's kind of taken. He can always leave, but there's a buyout involved. could always leave. Yeah. I was hearing maybe if you're going to go to the college route, right? maybe Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Boomer oh, boomer sooner. Really? Yeah, maybe Urban Meyer. What? What? Yeah. Nick Saban. No, no. I take Lincoln Riley. I think he's a good, good coach. I think he's definitely more of a players' coach than Urban Meyer is, which the players' coach, especially if you look at Steve, almost said, uh, Steve Carroll, Pete Carroll. I almost said Steve Carroll. Steve Jobs. Steve Carroll, Pete Carroll, same thing. Uh, I think you know he's definitely maybe the most one of the most successful college coaches to coach in the NFL, and I think maybe Lincoln Riley and him maybe share some some qualities. And Dominic is over here drinking and falling off his chair.
0: I'm not. First of all, I'm on a couch, not a chair. Second off, you don't need to let them know that I'm taking a sip of the bubble and I'm freaking
1: out. Okay, some of the other coaching firings that have taken place over the week. We've got the Cleveland Browns firing Freddie Kitchens. we got Pat Shermer getting the axe from the New York Football Giants, and obviously the Carolina Panthers have been looking for the past few weeks. Dominic, out of these four openings, Dallas, Cleveland, New York, and Carolina, which one do you think is the most appealing?
0: If I was to be a football coach and I wanted the job, I'd go Dallas.
1: But, I mean But if you go there, you know you're not at least you're not in control. You're not the answer to Jerry, but then you also know like, okay, Jerry's gonna do what the fuck he wants. I just gotta worry about on the field stuff.
0: I mean, isn't that what football's all about, baby? You just gotta make sure you get that W,
1: right? Like George Bush?
0: George W, man. Got that dub. I mean, realistically I think I'd still go with the Cowboys, even if, if even if I have to let Jerry do everything and I just have to manage the game. I mean, Dax Prescott eh, is a pretty good quarterback. You got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Amari Cooper, you got you got weapons on that team that you can utilize and and make sure that you can you know shit make the playoffs next year. So
1: you could also say the same about the Cleveland Browns. They also fired their GM John Dorsey, who, for all accounts, has been doing a pretty good job. I mean, he assembled all the talent like Odell, Baker, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and yet. I think... I don't know why you'd fire the GM. I think I'd put more onus on Freddie Kitchens. But I'm not in that Cleveland Browns uh, facility. I don't know exactly what's going on. I think I would have kept the GM, look for a new head coach, because just... Like, even just watching, like, the Cleveland Browns games, like, they just do so much stupid shit that it's like... Freddie Kitchens didn't know what the hell he was doing, but... I mean, I, I would think the Cleveland Browns job would be appealing... If the GM was still there, because at least you have the same uh, ideas and stuff set in place, you're not going to have a new GM that's going to maybe just rip everything out and change shit up, but... I mean,
0: yeah, you don't know. I mean, and Ron Rivera went to Washington with Jack Del Rio. I mean, I think Jack Del Rio would have been a great head coach for another team like Cleveland or Carolina or something like that, but he went to Washington with Del Rio I mean, with uh, Rivera, so, I mean...
1: Speak of the devil, I was just about to talk about Washington and their hiring of Ron Rivera. Look at you, Dominic. It's almost like you read the script, you know what's going to come up next. Is it really on the script? Yes. Uh, I didn't read that part. What do you read when I give you the script? I uh, Just skim it real quick. You just look at your, your record and be like, oh, okay, that's what I did. So, as I was going to say, Ron Rivera was introduced as the Washington Racial Slurs head coach, and the owner, Dan Snyder, on the 2nd of January, opened up his press conference by wishing everybody in the media Happy Thanksgiving. That's why you said that. That's why I said it, Oh, So you did see it, you just completely forgot about it. No, I didn't see it. Oh, okay.
0: Me watching a press conference was... It's not
1: really watching a press conference, it's just being on the internet and people making fun of how stupid Dan Snyder is.
0: Well, I'm pretty stupid, too. You said it, not me. Okay.
1: So then going back to Ron Rivera, he is going to bring in Jack Rio as his defensive coordinator. I think it's a really good hire. I mean, I really like both of those guys. It's still Washington. They did fire the GM, Bruce Allen, so that's definitely a good start. Dan Snyder is Dan Snyder. He's probably going to fuck everything up, but I'm hesitant to say, but I think the racial slurs are moving in the right direction.
0: Well, you know, uh, is Alex Smith going to come back next season?
1: Do you know? I believe he should be, So after taking the year off from his broken leg.
0: I, I think... But uh, you have
1: Dwayne Haskins as your quarterback. Which is still,
0: I think, a pretty good quarterback. Um, I mean, I, I think they are moving in the right direction. They just got to maybe get a few good draft picks. And, you know, I think next year might be a good... You know, I don't, I don't see them making playoffs next year, but I do see them, you know, actually winning more games than they did this year.
1: Moving on to some hot stove talk. We got Dallas Keichel signing with the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox were in talks, possibly trying to sign one of the big free agents of Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg. They didn't get any of them. They kind of got the next best thing in Dallas Keichel. I think the White Sox still have a lot of money to spend. They got some young talent. I think it's a good move. Don't think it's going to be life-changing for them, but I think uh, this move will definitely put them in the right direction, but I don't think it's going to catapult them into the playoffs.
0: Uh, how long was the contract for? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: I, I would know if I wanted to, to look it up. I might have it still on my browser, but does it really matter, Dominic?
0: Well, no, I'm just saying, you know, someone like Keichel, you know, do you, do you would you sign with a team like the White Sox that, you know, have a lot of um, potential? Or do you, do you just do a quick contract with them to stay you know, busy, and then try to get traded, or, you know, maybe next season get traded to a team that has, you know, a better chance of going to the playoffs.
1: I think the White Sox are a good team. They have a lot of young talent. Yes, they have money, so you're going to get that as well. I think, you're, I think it is a multiple-year contract, so you sign on this year, trust the process. I think the year after, they can make some even more moves, and maybe... Leapfrog the Indians, who I think might be slipping a little bit. The Twins are right there with them as well, which we can talk about the Twins and some moves that they made. But I like the move. I think Dallas Keuchel is still a capable pitcher. He's not key. you know, a few years ago, he might have got Garrett Cole muddy because he was really good, but that's not the case anymore. You know, speaking of the Minnesota Twins, we're just going to jump over. Let's do it. They signed some—they signed two veteran pitchers in Rich Hill and former Athletic Homer Bailey. Oh, Bailey's not coming back, Dan. Oh, I know, so sad. He was such a key component to the A season last year. But Dominic, your thoughts on the Twins? Pretty young team, signing these two veteran pitchers.
0: I mean, it, 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 to me, it doesn't really boost them up as much as you know signing anyone else, in my opinion. I mean, it doesn't make them any better, any worse than they were last season. So,
1: I think if these are like your four and five guys, I think it's a pretty good back end. Of your rotation I think you have to rely on them to be your two or three four guys your you know two or three guys then I don't think they're all that uh, it's probably not the right direction you want to go but with a young team you bring in these two guys they can help the younger pitchers maybe they bring some other guys in uh, at the tail end of the season who knows then going to Arizona they sign Cole Calhoun a longtime Los Angeles angel. I I like Cole Calhoun. I think he's a very good player, good outfielder, you know, good hitter, good defensively. Good move, I would say, for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks.
0: Uh, I was actually surprised that he signed. I thought he would have been a lifelong Angel player, but you know, I think any time I've seen him play against the A's, when we you know, especially the few times we've seen him play, i always making the, the Athletics pay pay the price. If it's a a bomb or a base hit or something, he was always being productive. So that's a good pickup for the Diamondbacks.
1: All right then, finally we're going to move on to some basketball talk, some news coming out today that the Hawks are in trade are in trade talks with Detroit Pistons center, with the Detroit Pistons for center Andre you drunk? Drummond.
0: You drunk? Yeah, you drunk? Might be a little drunk. Oh, I just said the end word shit. I quit. No.
1: Anyways, Andre Drummond. In talks or Pistons in talks with the Hawks to trade Andre Drummond. The Hawks, they're they're a good young team. They're maybe gonna make the playoffs. I probably should have looked that up beforehand. But uh, your thoughts on him possibly getting traded to the Hawks?
0: I don't think Drummond will go. I think Drummond's way too uh, valuable. To I mean, it depends what the Hawks are giving up, but I think Drummond's way too valuable. Um, and that's
1: just my opinion. I mean. So you, would you trade a first rounder for him? Oh, I don't know. Um.
0: Uh. Ooh, I don't know. Probably not. Probably straight out. up
1: first rounder and a bench player for Andre Drummond.
0: Just for Andre, no.
1: Okay. Even though the center position is kind of fallen out of favor, no one really is a true center anymore on a successful team. I mean. You can say LeBron James is probably the best center in the league. He's a power forward, though, ain't he? Exactly. There's not really, like, a great center anymore. Even if you look 10 years ago, there's Dwight Howard. You know, Boogie Cousins, and, I mean, even Andre Drummond was good. But just the center position, as of right now, is kind of not really a thing in basketball.
0: Well, you know, it it just depends, too. Uh, I think if he gets straight to the Hawks, he could be very... Useful. Um, it just depends on, uh, uh, you know, how they how they want to use them. I mean, he he's kind of power forward center. Uh, just depends on how they use him Realistically, I don't even know who's on the Hawks. Really, that you know, you know who could you know.
1: No, I don't know Dominic.
0: I don't know anything. I'm sick.
1: Okay, as Dominic leaves to take care of the mascot and his toy, his Christmas present. We're going to talk about some sad news. We've only been in the New Year for three days, but yet we've already lost three big names in the sports world. We have David Stern. We talked about it a few weeks ago. He suffered a brain hemorrhage, and unfortunately he passed away New Year's Day. As well as Don Larson, the only man in history, former Yankees pitcher who pitched a perfect game in the World Series. And Cincinnati Bengals head coach, former head coach, Sam White. Whitey, I don't know, completely butcher that name, but he led the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl, they end up falling to the San Francisco 49ers, he's credited with creating the no-huddle offense and everything to that nature, so we've only been here for three days, Dominic, but three big names who have unfortunately passed and in this new I'm year. I'm
0: about to die next, because I'm so sick. Suck it up, Dominic. No, I can't. You're fine. <laughs> hey, at least I'm here, doing it. You know, I heard speculation that there's other podcasts out there that when they're sick, they take the day off. But I don't.
1: On the Bulletcast, you know, my my nickname used to be Mr. No Days Off. And here we are.
0: Yeah, I guess you can give me the moniker Mr. No Days Off, right?
1: Well, you're the one that's like, oh, Bruni, can we just do it tomorrow? Yeah, it's
0: not taking a day off, it's just postponing. But technically,
1: you took today off to do it tomorrow. Shut the fuck up. Dominic, would you like to uh, give us your thoughts on any of these men who passed away? Maybe especially David Stern, someone who was vital to the expansion of the NBA coming in the 80s. Michael Jordan, Magic and Bird.
0: I mean, I think last week I made the comment that, you know, he was few a few episode,
1: weeks ago, episode 112, if you'd like to look it up. The very end of our sports talk.
0: I, I, I said some mean things about Stern. Um... It was all in fun and games. I hope he didn't take it to heart when he listened back to it. You know, he was a huge fan of the podcast. You know, uh, he uh, he wrote us letters every once in a while. You know, I didn't if you know if I told you that. You know, big fan. Keep it up. I didn't
1: know we got any fan mail. Yeah, you just hold Well, just He on told me you.
0: he told me keep it on the DL. You know, he didn't want people to, you know, start you know just flooding our uh, our uh, DMs and everything. But uh, um, you know, everything was just. I was just joking around
1: realistically I mean uh, it just depends on uh, why are you looking at me like that huh I mean you seem very serious when we were talking about it on episode 112 I mean Brandon I can go from serious to wacky to
0: to happy go loving Dominic in a heartbeat bipolar get it right you and, will be uh, and missed now you're history.
1: making fun of mental illness
0: oh, I'm just going to tear today dog
1: Yes, you are Dominic. Like we hopefully we're here next week. But
0: anyway, you say that all the time we're always here next week. And you know what? and if we get canceled, pff, I got a 100 other podcast names we can use. Chair shots and curveballs.
1: Boom. We just like reverse the uh we just mirror the the logo.
0: Yeah, and then we do curve shots and chairballs.
1: All right. Boom. Now let's move on to the wrestling we got a new United States champion that happened the day after Christmas. We kind of forgot to talk about it last week. But Andrade beat Rey Mysterio at Madison Square Garden to become the new United States champ. They talked about it on Raw. They gave the excuse that maybe Rey was beat up a little bit from the attack a few weeks ago on Raw. So now, Dominic, your thoughts on Andrade being the new U.S. champion. I
0: mean... You know, if he just would have won the title, it would have been great, fine, wonderful, dandy. He had to go and get engaged to Charlotte.
1: I was going to talk about that. Shout out to Charlotte and Andrade getting engaged on New Year's Eve. Don't know how to feel about that, man. Also, shout out to Nikki Bella, who got engaged to her boo-thang, Artem, former. Slut. Dance-lupus.
0: That's what she is.
1: They actually have been engaged since November, but they've been keeping on the DL. Like she, our, she's, like a our fan mail.
0: she's a slut. She's a slut. John was a perfect match for her and she just ruined it. Fucking Nikki Bella breaking John's heart.
1: <laughs> Hopefully nothing happens to Nikki Bella where she goes to the hospital and you have to walk all that stuff back. Huh? What? Exactly. So, then moving on we got some uh, some more landmines for Dominic to walk around. Lars Sullivan. Oh! What happened with this guy now? Well, uh, was it over Last weekend? Something. Since our last podcast, it has been discovered that Lars Sullivan had partaken in some homosexual pornography.
0: (laughs) Woohoo! Really?
1: I I saw that. That was real? Yes, it was real, Dominic. Oh, yeah, this is great. This is funny. So anyways, you know, we we don't judge here on the podcast if you want to do homosexual porn, whether you're gay, straight, or indifferent, we don't really care. But I just find it hilarious that it was discovered last year that he was on some message boards and he apparently went super wild and said some homophobic stuff and of course it comes out that he did gay porn
0: I mean this is pretty funny you know you call someone you know you know a F word or you know whatever and then you know next thing you know he's like you know put your cock in my ass that's, <laughs> that's hella funny right
1: Dominic have you, you finished all your bubbly, have you? Yeah, a bit. Has the bubbly already hit you?
0: No, I think it's me being sick and the bubbly. And the city audience making fun of me,
1: man. When doesn't she make fun of you?
0: When you're not here and meet her in bed, cuddling.
1: Okay, you, you walked up to the line. I thought you were going to go across the line, but you just stopped short of it from crossing the line. Thank you. Thanks, jo- Dominic. Josh? Jo- Josh? Fuck you. <laughs> call me Josh. <laughs> I didn't call you Josh, I called you Ja. Yeah. I, maybe I was going to call you John. Jer. John Cena? Yeah, maybe I was going to call you John Cena. Okay, I'll take it. So then, let's quickly move on, because Dominic is six, so you know, maybe we're going to get finally a sub-hour podcast. Yeah, well, let's
0: hurry this thing up. You know, I'll I'll cut you short right now. You told me not to watch NXT because it was just a recap thing or whatever, so I didn't watch NXT, so you don't need to go through the shit with me. I only got to watch the Cody Rhodes and Darby Allin match because you told me uh, you wanted to play Fortnite. So, boom, there we go, we're done.
1: Okay, or you could have recorded AEW like I told you to and watch it later. But anyways, we're going to start off with Raw. They started off with...
0: what? You told me to... oh, okay, whatever. Just go. Just go. I'm not going to talk Quit. about
1: every single thing that happened on Raw. I'm going to only talk about the big stuff. Okay, big stuff it is. Let's go. Okay. Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe apparently going to be a thing, maybe with Rey Mysterio as well. They do a big old brawl. KO and Joe, Rollins and AOP, they get kicked out. Dominic, your thoughts on Samoa Joe coming back from behind the commentary desk, obviously he is. Injury-free maybe setting up a six man with KO and Rey Mysterio against Sima, or, uh, Seth Rollins and AOP I
0: mean uh, for at what Royal Rumble hell fucking know they better not
1: maybe it'll just be a raw main event who knows I see raw main event that'd be fine but fucking I don't know man just maybe your overall thoughts on what they're doing with the storyline how do you think Seth Rollins is being as the the leader heel it's it's a lot better than when
0: he was face give you that for sure bub um you know, uh, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, I kind of like the teaming, um, you know, so I think so far it's been better than what I expected.
1: I do think that this whole Seth Rollins angle and everything around it has been the best thing going in WWE. Uh, Kevin Owens, you know, he's been damaged. I think Samoa Joe is definitely getting over as a baby face, and I really like Seth Rollins as a heel. Uh, whatever they do going forward, whether it be a six-man, whether it just be Rollins and KO, I thought they are maybe going to go and put the title, the U.S. title, on Seth Rollins, but now they put it on Andrade, so I don't really know how they're, what they're going to do with the U.S. title scene going forward, but it is what it is. I'm very happy with what they're doing. Raw, I think, is consistently, I know we're going to talk about some shit later, but I think Raw has been consistently a pretty good show. Well, and, I mean...
0: For a while, it's been pretty shit, as in crap, not good. But past few weeks have not been too bad. I'll give it. I'll give it to them.
1: Then we got the rematch from the match that stole the show at TLC. Alistair Black beating Buddy Murphy once again in a pretty lengthy television match. I thought it was good. I mean, it was kind of just a match for a match sake. But hopefully, this means that they're gonna elevate Aleister Black, because I've kind of been saying that he's really the only person on the roster that hasn't been devalued. Like everybody else, like Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe.
0: Well, you know what's going to happen is that that's gonna, he's going to be your next United States champion. They're going to feud him and Andrade, and, and- Andrades eventually going to drop the title to him. Watch. Money guaranteed.
1: I know you're a big Aleister Black fan. How high do you think his ceiling is on the main roster? As, you know, his, his ranking as, as a babyface. As high
0: face. as he can go and wants to go.
1: Alright, we uh, have Randy Orton. He was injured at a house show. He cuts a promo talking about, "Oh my God, I'm like maybe gonna have to retire. Maybe gonna have to be gone for a long time." And thank God AJ Styles just happens to come out to interrupt his promo, and turns out that it was all a swerve, bro. Randy Orton RKO's AJ. If AJ didn't come out, I don't know what Randy was gonna do. But I mean, Randy does his best yeah. Mark Henry impression. So eh, Mark you
0: know. Henry is way better though. Can't can't beat the original, right?
1: Can't pe- can't beat the uh, salmon jacket. Yep. Probably didn't help that I already knew that it was a swerve, bro. Because your boy Big Dave Meltzer reported that this injury was a work.
0: Yeah, thanks, Dave. Fucking ruining it for all of us believers.
1: It's still real to me, damn
0: it. Exactly. What a. You know what if I what if I kick him on his butt? You know, kick you in the butt and drop you in the whatever the whatever homeboy said in the podcast. What do you say,
1: young boy number two? Yeah. I don't know you know, if it was, if it was fake, if I, I don't know what the fuck he said. Listen back in the Bullet Cast archive. Yeah. After you listen back to the Curveballs and Cherry Shots archive. Nope. All right. Then we got some, we got a promo from the new Mrs. Andrade, Charlotte Flair. She cuts a promo. I don't know what the hell she is, a baby face, a heel. She just comes out, cuts a promo. Kind of bitchy, but not like over the top heelish either. And she wrestles Natalia. Dominic, what the hell is going on with your girl, Charlotte?
0: Uh, She's not mine anymore. She's Andrade's problem. So I don't know.
1: So do you have a, a new girl now? Is there someone who has overtaken Charlotte as a number one? Uh, Yeah, it's an NXT girl. You probably is, know her. Is it uh, Mia Yim? Maybe. Until she gets engaged to Keith Lee?
0: Maybe it's another girl.
1: Oh, the uh, debuting on Christmas NXT, if you haven't seen it already, Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart.
0: No. No? Give you a hint. She's uh, probably locked in a cage still.
1: Tegan Knox. Yes. Oh, Tegan Knox is your girl. Yes. Like that Scottish? Is She's Scottish or Welsh? She's Welsh, right? Whatever she is. Okay, apparently she's not your girl enough. to you know where she? I've learned. She's from. From. I'm catching up. I'm catching up. All right. Then finally on Raw. It's been a while, but we finally we had a wrestling wedding. Lana and Lashley. Tie the knot, kinda, sorta. Lana's first husband comes out to interrupt. Then Lashley's first wife comes out to interrupt. Then we get the returning Liv Morgan, who comes out and says that he that she's in love or whatever and someone changed her life. And of course it's not Lashley. We got some HLA. Do you know what that is, Dominic? H-L-A. Lesbian? Hot lesbian action. Oh, okay. Bischoff. okay. And she says, no, it was you, Lana. And then they roll around, and Lana's ass is hanging out, and they fight for a little bit, and then Liv leaves, and then they tie the knot, but then Rusev comes out of the 20-foot cake that, I mean, if you didn't think Rusev was in that cake, like, what the fuck are you doing? And then Liv comes back out, and then they beat each other, everyone up, and then Liv and Rusev stand strong, so it's like, was that premeditated? Who? I don't know, but I did kind of enjoy it. I know it was shit. But for what it was, I enjoyed it.
0: I mean, it's it's all good. I mean, I, I kind of wish they didn't actually so-called tie the knot, but, you know, you know, Brennan, I, I, I'm going to have to spoiler alert you right now, but, you know, it's all fake. What? You know, Rusev and Lana are still married,
1: so. I mean, I think I broke that news on the podcast a few weeks ago with my investigative journalism.
0: Yeah, don't quit your day job.
1: I have a day job? We're not going to talk about that. But anyways, uh, maybe just more on the Liv Morgan aspect. They, you know, the big swerve bro is that she's, like, in love with Lana. And then Lana, like, comes out and, like, kind of tweets some, like, pro-LGBTQ thing. I don't know. What do you think that this angle is going? Is that going to be a main thing going forward? Is it just going to be a one-time pop and then they kind of get away from that?
0: I mean, I think done correctly they could really benefit from it done any other way is is catastrophic I mean you know one slur I mean I mean shit even being like oh I'm sorry I'm not gay you know Lana could spark outrage so I mean realistically they gotta play it real carefully um probably better just to put a you know a a mix-max tag match together and you know let them just duke it out.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of scared to see what WWE would do with a lesbian angle, especially when it is someone like Liv and Lana who, especially Lana, where her kind of gimmick is that she's the hot blonde. I'm, I'm a little scared of what they're going to do with that, but we'll just have to stay tuned to find out. With another hot blonde? Shout out Liv Morgan. She's She's fantastic. Very good on Total Divas. But anyways, going to SmackDown, we're just going to kind of skim over it. We're going to talk kind of the last few weeks in broad brushstrokes. Brian is going to be the number one contender against The Fiend at Royal Rumble. I think that's the correct move. Dominic, what do they do at the Royal Rumble? Does Brian win? Does The Fiend win? What the fuck do they do with this?
0: Fiend's going to win, and Roman's going to win the Royal Rumble, and then The Fiend's going to drop the title at, 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 to Roman at WrestleMania.
1: All right, then we got some other stuff. Uh, from the past, we're going to talk a little bit about the current SmackDown that we haven't seen yet, but uh, we get Braun Strowman in a match with the New Day. Braun Strowman hasn't really been doing a whole lot since his match with Tyson Fury, and then the New Day make him dance. Dominic, do you think this hurts, helps, doesn't really do anything with Braun Definitely Strowman? Definitely
0: hurts. I mean, when I have the studio audience telling me, like, oh my god, he's dancing, like, that's not good. It definitely hurts. Studio
1: audience loves Braun Strowman, him and Finn Balor.
0: Exactly, and when you have Braun dancing, it's not a good idea.
1: But everyone has to be fun-loving, and you know, everyone has got to be a character, and it's all fun and stuff. Anyways, I mean, I think it does kind of hurt Braun Strowman. I don't know what they're going to be doing with him going forward. Maybe they're just kind of stalling until they have some big plan for him at WrestleMania at the Royal Rumble. I think his his matches and his act is kind of getting stale because he only kind of does one thing. He does the gimmick where he runs around, he plows people over. Not a whole lot you can really do with that. And since he's had so many title matches that he's lost, it's kind of like, okay, like either time to shit or get off the pot and give him the title or do something else with them. But it is what it is. So then finally, these past few weeks, we've had the interaction between Mandy and Otis, the hot girl, Kind of being friendly with the lovable Oaf, Dominic. Your thoughts on uh, on this? I mean, uh... you could you can. Uh, I was almost gonna say you can agree with this. You can you can feel this storyline. It's like you and the studio audience, right? Yeah, kinda, kinda. I mean,
0: uh, you know, Mandy's like the super popular girl, and Otis is kind of like the nerdy fat you know, kid. Uh, you know, me being the fat, nerdy kid. But the studio was not really, like, super popular, so, like, you know, it's not that that close, but, you know, I, I, I can say that it does give hope to people like you, Brendan, To the big fellas out there. Out of shape, not good looking. I am a
1: shape. What are you talking about? I'm around.
0: <laughs> but, no, I, I, I think it kind of does give some type of faith to humanity, kind of, um, it just depends on your outlook on it, you know, maybe, maybe people feel like Mandy is too good for him, and maybe Otis is too good for her, or maybe like, you know.
1: You know, I was more asking about the execution of the storyline, and I did not need your, like, philosophy on life.
0: Oh, yeah, it's fine, it's whatever, it's good.
1: And then... We're gonna talk a little bit about what's happened on this current SmackDown. We haven't seen any of it, but a lot of returns. We have Sheamus, we have John Morrison. Apparently, it seems as though there is a, me, a Miz heel turn of sorts, and Morrison and Miz have been linked together. And then the Usos come out and help out Roman Reigns because King Corbin and all of his goons have been attacking Corbin or attacking Reigns. So, your thoughts on those three returns on SmackDown today? I'm happy
0: with Morrison. I'm happy with the Miz, and I'm happy with the Usos. I mean, Usos and Reigns go together like hot chocolate and marshmallows. You know, Miz and Morrison make me go back to, you know, the early 2020s. I mean, the 2010s, you know, like, you know, Miz and Morrison, you know, tag team champions. Great, great, great chemistry. And Sheamus is just, you know, a
1: badass. Alright, I am kind of excited to see this episode of SmackDown all those different storylines and angles. I am kind of intrigued to see what they do. Miz had it was a face for pretty much, you know, the last year. I think that kind of relays that you can't really do a whole lot with him. He's better suited as a heel. Put it in with Morrison. I will I don't think it's going to be, you know, what they did 10, 12 years ago. I think it's going to be definitely an upgraded version them kind of being more adults and you know not going to be the juvenile kids they were 10, 12 years ago.
0: Yeah, but I mean also I mean you can also you know, I mean, shit, DX does the same shtick every time they come back. Why can't they be a little juvenile? Like ju-
1: and if they are in the tag team division, I mean, the tag team division on both sides are really weak at this point. So I think if you can... It a be
0: a fresh jolt to the division.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have the Usos coming back and Miz and Morrison. If they are going to be a tag team, I think that could be a whole lot of fun. Now, moving on to... Dynamite, as we talked about a little bit, NXT ran a best of show, an award show. So, technically, you know, kind of an off day for them. Dynamite draws 967,000. NXT draws 548,000. When NXT ran unopposed last week on Christmas, they drew around 800 plus thousand. So, it does show that there are people out there that are only watching either NXT or Dynamite. Dominic, your thoughts on the ratings?
0: Eh, I don't really care about ratings, man. I mean, I watched uh a little bit of dynamite and you know,
1: I dug it, dog. I dug it. Let's get into dynamite. We got the Cody Darby Allen match.
0: Spectacular. They
1: went to a twenty minute draw at the Fighterfest a few months ago. Uh Cody coming out with Arn Anderson being his the head coach of the Nightmare Family. Not to be confused with the Nightmare Collective. I uh, think about 18 minutes. Cody gets the win with some help from Arn because Arn told him to get his knees up. But if Cody is able to look over and see that Arn wants him to put his knees up, couldn't he be healthy enough to look over to see that Darby was going to hit his coffin drop?
0: No. Because Cody's concussed, of course. Hard for him to put two and two together so quick, you know?
1: So you got to get Double A just out there slapping his knees and yelling at Cody. Yep, pretty much. That's what do you think? I is... kind of
0: didn't like Arn coming out. Honest to God, I kind of didn't like Arn coming out.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Cody is a perfectly good babyface. He can talk, he can wrestle. I don't think. I mean, I'm kind of not really opposed, but especially for like an act like Cody, I don't think he needs a manager. So, where do you think? This is all we're just going to turn on Cody, and he's going to be with MJF at the end?
0: I don't know, but I mean, that that, that was my whole thing. My whole thing is like. If you need a manager... Or is he going
1: to be with Sean Spears and Telly Blanchard? Maybe. God. Even though Cody's already beat Sean Spears, so I don't really know if they want to go back to that. But... You never know.
0: Shit, we've seen some crazy things in wrestling, bro. You never fucking know.
1: We get a fatal four-way for the AEW Women's Championship. Nyla Rose, your girl. Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker take on Riho. Riho ends up winning... Uh, This was originally supposed to be Chris Statlander against Riho, but because of a prior engagement, they had to change this to a four-way. Riho wins. I mean, it's an AEW women's match. Nothing really to write home about, but then in the end, or later on in the show, Britt Baker cuts a promo on Riho. Seemingly like Britt Baker is going to turn heel.
0: I mean, she should turn heel. They don't really have... Nyla Rose is like the real only heel female. Besides Kong, but Kong hasn't really...
1: She's had one match in the three months that they've had show.
0: Exactly. So it's kind of one of those things where um, uh, they they need a, a, a decent heel wrestler. And I think Britt would be fine.
1: We get uh, a promo from Joey Janela, and it wouldn't be an AW promo if somebody doesn't get interrupted, and before Joey could even really talk, he gets taken to Dick Punch City, I guess, by Penelope Ford, and Kip Sabin was right by her side, so it's seemingly that we're going to get Joey Janella against Kip Sabian I don't know if it's going to just be a one-off because they also been kind of setting up Joey Janella and Sean Spears so Joey Janella, a popular fellow backstage yeah good for him I mean and a good tweet by Joey he tweeted at Penelope saying if she she just wanted to touch penis again all she had to do was ask
0: wow I can't believe he got away with that I know a lot of people that would have been you know fined or fired for that but okay cool whatever
1: should out Joey, Janelle, and Penelope Ford. Saw him at StarCast. Sitting there, lonesome, not really having a line. While well, everyone was waiting in line for... Was it JR and the King, or was it Sting? It was, it was Stinger. It was, it was both of them.
0: It was the Stinger.
1: Uh, then we got another promo. Dark Order continuing their stuff. Straightforward. Nothing really to talk about there. And then we get John Moxley and Trent. Moxley wins. And then we get Jericho with the proposal. Offered him a million-plus dollar car or whatever. And then even though they kind of said that we were going to get the answer this week, Moxley puts it off till next week, Jericho maybe not in the country because of New Japan or whatever, but just kind of that whole shtick, that whole like 20 minutes of show. Nah, I
0: mean, kind of lackluster in my opinion, you know.
1: I did think it was kind of you know kind of a shitty thing to, you were basically promising that Jericho and Moxley were going to interact face to face in the flesh and then they don't. Jericho's on the Tron and then Moxley doesn't even answer him. So I thought that was kind of shitty, but I mean if Jericho wasn't there, thought, ah, it is what it is. I think obviously Moxley's going to say no next week. Yeah,
0: I mean he has to, right? Of course he has. To. I mean he doesn't have to. I mean it makes sense will. for him
1: not to. Then Mottler. Sam Guevara interrupted Moxley after his match. Then that leads into Sam Guevara taking on Dustin Rhodes, and Guevara wins. After uh, Jake Hager takes Dustin to Dick Kick City, and Guevara finally gets a win in AEW. Good probably, for this him. isn't his first win, I don't think, but it's probably Good his first for win.
0: Him. He's a very underrated talent.
1: Very underrated. So. Very underrated. Maybe we're gonna continue with this. Maybe we're gonna get Dustin versus Jake Hager. I don't know, but it's a decent under-mid-card feud. Well, you know,
0: we'll have to uh, wait and see,
1: Brandon. Wait and see. We get MJF listing his stipulations, and he says that Cody cannot touch MJF until the Chicago pay-per-view revolution. He has to face Wardlow, MJF's big boy in a cage, and he has to take ten lashings from MJF, I thought a good, solid heel promo. Your thoughts on the stipulations themselves?
0: The only thing I don't understand is the lashings part. Why, do, why does he want him to take lashings?
1: I think I think they're trying to go the ECW route with Tommy Dreamer, and maybe they're trying to do an angle like that. Or Cody is I, taking the lashings, and he says, "Thank you, sir. I might have another, or whatever." But I mean, it's something we haven't really seen in wrestling for a long time. I don't know why Cody would agree to this. I mean, it's kind of him being subservient to MJF, which kind of makes him look weak, but then he can just be very confident in his abilities, and all he wants to do is get his hands on MJF, so he's going to go through hell to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that's what it is, because to me, if you guys, if you have this hatred, this thing that's building up between you two, and you're going to get on your knees and just get whipped ten times, like, to me, that's not, you know, like, why would anyone be down for that? But, you know, whatever, you know. No, uh, no judgment. Fin- and it's kind of racist, but whatever.
1: Finally, in the main event, we had the Elite, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, defeating Pac and the Lucha Bros. Adam Page was on commentary, being drunk, and he's been kind of standoffish, not being with the Elite. He's distanced himself from them. The Elite get the win, pitting, I almost said Callisto. Very racist of me. You are fired. He, they pin Ray Phoenix, and then the elite, everyone comes out, they're celebrating with each other, they tell Hangman to come on in, but then Hangman doesn't want anything of it. So, Hangman and Kenya will f- be in a tag match next week, and maybe that's where we get the blow off and something happens, but I'm, I'm intrigued with what they're doing with Hangman. I think he, he can be good as a heel. I
0: mean, would you just keep him by himself, or would you try to pair him with anybody?
1: I think you keep him by himself. I think him as a heel, as like, you know, the heelish dick cowboy,
0: I think I'll enjoy that. Yeah, kind of like a James Storm's kind of. You know, I, I could dig that. Totally dig that.
1: That is it, Dominic. We are finished. Under an hour.
0: I know. Look I'm happy, that. man.
1: Do we have any emails? No, I'm not no. even going to
0: check. It's 2020. We'll check next week. i we will check next week. I need week. you to give me a solid goodbye, goodnight, good bang. And then I can take your ass
1: home and go to sleep. Thank y'all very much for tuning in on this first episode of Curse Balls and Chair Shots of the Decade. It kind of fucked up there, but it's okay. Because I'm going to end it off strong with the goodbye and good bang, even though it's not what I actually say, Dominic. What do you up, say then, Brandon? I tell everyone, thank y'all very much for tuning in. Until next time, goodbye and good night. Mm, bye-bye.